0: We're gonna to start to see artificial intelligence start to play into how the telecoms operate and operations work, not only from an infrastructure side, but from a technology side. And I do think 2023 will be a big year for that. It's already happening with ChatGPT, you know, that that startup is kind of exciting. I mean, it's Google's big competitor, but wow, I think we'll finally start to see some of those applications start to solve some of the problems or, you know, challenges that are in the industry. Welcome to the 5G Guys podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your hosts, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith.
1: That's V E R T E X dash US dot com. Welcome back to another episode of the 5G guys. I'm Wayne Smith, joined by my co host, Dan McBall. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. If you listen to our last episode, we did a kind of rear view mirror look at uh, 2022 and uh, what our highlights of the year were. And so, as a follow up to that, uh, we're going to kind of give you our predictions, our forecasts, or thoughts or expectation on on uh, 2023 and the year that's ahead so with that wayne why don't why you start us off what are your what are your top of your list that you're thinking might look like this year
0: wow yeah so you're putting the dime on me to get started so i do think you know increased competition will be a theme in 2023 between not only just the wireless carriers you know verizon at&t and t-mobile but also the cable companies i think that Definitely the movement and the advances in FWA last year in fixed wireless for home internet has upended the broadband market and the competitiveness of now we have five or six companies, Tom Warner, Comcast, Charter, they'll all enter into the space and offer bundled services, which will, in a sense, make better competition. But I think that's really going to shape customer pricing, you know, initiatives on how to serve that underserved broadband connection. And so pretty exciting to see that. I don't know that we've had this kind of competition in the
1: space for quite a few years. I mean, would you, would you agree? Yeah, I would. Because not just what you're talking about, like fixed wireless access competing with the incumbent, you know, internet service, for example, we also have the Starlink. And Starlink's not going to be the only satellite player starting this year. We're going to see, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but new entrants on that front, we're going to start seeing more fiber to the home as well. There's a number of companies that are working on fiber initiatives, as well as communities where communities are building networks. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that you're starting to really see the consolidation of all these disparate industries like cable TV, like phone companies, like cellular providers, like satellite providers, all now converge into to competing directly for your 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 dollars for broadband so i think that's a good one and, and as a matter of fact as it relates to that that might be a good segue into one that i had which is the convergence specifically of new satellite entrants. so if we look at starlink in particular i think they ended they ended 22 with roughly 2700 satellites 3000 satellites something like that uh they Asked to get up to about forty-four hundred satellites in twenty twenty-three, so they'll continue launching more. And you know their goals to—they've been approved by the FCC to to launch up to seventy-five hundred satellites already. With their long-term goal of twelve thousand up to forty-two thousand satellites, can you believe that? It's just crazy, and that's just Starlink. You know, there's other com- companies, uh, Link and AST. These two companies are launching satellites that are cellular satellites, so providing direct-to-phone satellite service.
0: Oh, you mean like the combination that T-Mobile did with Starlink where in remote areas they can now get have coverage?
1: Yep, similar, but the difference. So T-Mobile did sign a partnership with Starlink last year, and that will kind of come to fruition this year where your phone. So Apple and ultimately the the chipset companies like Qualcomm and MediaTek are, are building into their chipsets the ability to work on satellite spectrum bands. So your iPhone, iPhone 14 already has the ability to to work with satellite spectrum bands. So with T-Mobile, for example, their partnership, your phone will use a satellite band in a sort of like Wi-Fi. So it's going to be using Starlink sort of like Wi-Fi to be able to do messaging, short message and multimedia messaging. So you'll be able to do phone calls. Companies like Link and AST are actually doing full voice LTE and GSM cellular service from satellites. So those guys are launching this year. Apple did a partnership with Global Star where you can, with your iPhone 14, you can make SOS calls over the Global Star satellite Mm -hmm. network. Yeah, I'm still on on the 13. Do you have the 14 yet? I don't. I don't. My daughter's got the 14. Badass camera, I'll tell you that.
0: (laughs) Is it really? Yeah, right on, right on.
1: Amazon is going to start launching this year their competitive service to Starlink it's Project Kuiper I believe is what it's called so I, you know we're going to see a lot more satellite entrants uh, occurring this year which is part of that convergence the other big part of that convergence you're talking about in the competitive space is Dish mm, yeah so any day now Dish is getting ready to launch uh, Boost Infinite uh, which is their Boost Mobile MVNO play so they've got a new version of that launching Sometime this quarter, which will be using AT and T Mobile's networks as a mobile virtual network operator. But as Dish starts turning up their own five G network, they're supposed to be cover seventy thousand pops by June of this year. That boost infinite subscriber base will naturally start using Dish's own network. So this is going to be an interesting MVNO slash native mobile network operator play that we may have never really seen before with DISH. So, I mean, you're going to start seeing DISH. Now, you know, DISH is also planning to be a white label reseller of their their network to other carriers. So it'll be really interesting to see. But nonetheless, they're going to add to that competitive landscape you're talking about as well.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's good to see, though. I think the end user, consumer, they benefit from all this competition, you know, especially... With the possibility, I don't want to say, is happening of a recession maybe in 2023. All of this convergent means lower prices and letting the consumer go further. So, that's a real positive if you ask me in the industry.
1: I agree, and and you know another interesting uh, tech advancement that's going to also play into this is electronic SIMs. So, for those that don't know, the way a, a cellular phone and other cellular devices work is they have a they have this little tiny card in them called a SIM. And that SIM is sort of your identity that activates that phone so that the carrier can can authenticate you as being allowed to be on the network, bill you according to your plan. And years ago, phones started having dual SIM where you could have a second SIM on the same device, which ultimately meant you could have a second line on that device. Well, that has transitioned from being a physical card to an electronic called an eSIM. So it's just a it's just an electronic, virtual version of a SIM. Well, the advancement of eSIMs and have most phones or phones starting to have two eSIMs is going to really change this scenario. And T-Mobile, again being innovative, announced last year plans to allow you, if you're a subscriber on say at t or Verizon, tr- to try out T-Mobile service for a month by activating that secondary SIM on your on your phone, so you don't have to leave. AT&T or Verizon to try T-Mobile. You just activate your second SIM and switch back and forth and see which one you like. Pretty so amazing. Yeah. So you're going to start seeing that this year. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on these carriers to utilize those eSIMs and the, the, the multiple SIMs on these devices to the advantage of us as consumers.
0: Do you, here's, a, here's a unique question. It's kind of by off subject a little bit, but i love to um, understand. Wonder how much, you know, in the industry of to- how many total wireless users, and then of those wireless users, how much how with the percentage of people who s- change every year? Because it's got to be probably a fixed amount, you know, of like maybe it's 10% of users switch or not, but very interesting. Uh, that's a very interesting. I like that by T Mobile. To your point the other day,
1: they're being innovative. Yeah. They're multiple SIMs. Yeah. Very disruptive. And could you imagine having two different phone lines on your single phone? So you got two different phone numbers, you got a work number and a a business number, but only one device instead of carrying multiple devices. So that's that's really what this is going to do for people. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So what else you got? Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing from our, our clients, our customers, in terms of market dynamics. I know everybody's worried about this, you know, talk of a recession and interest rates, you know, what, what are you seeing from your customers? We touched on a little bit in our 22 review episode, but let's dive a little deeper into, you know, we're going to guess wrong, but guesses on what we think the economy of the wireless industry might look like this year.
0: Well, I think one, it's going to be the year of the macro, right? And so, you know, and for I guess terminology macro being a larger base station cell site as traditionally they would be versus a small cell, which is a really scaled down version for densification. My understanding is we've seen a giant uptick in the macro environment. And so more expenditure on building out a better or more robust network to move the new devices in 5G forward. And so I think that's what we're starting to see shape up right now. Uh, starting to see some pretty good numbers come out project capacity and project volumes a substantial uptick over previous years in the macro side of it. I think that's a positive thing, you know, from other than that, I still think the need to put fiber in the ground is another big endeavor in 2023. I mean, they're going to just put it everywhere. But a lot of this driven by the digital divide, you know, what we have learned a lot of cities are now moving into, I think, into 2023. You're going to see cities move into smart city technology, right? And just like all parts of the economy, the cities are struggling to find employment and you know employees and staff, just like you know every every industry. So they're trying to be more efficient, build their cities into smart cities. Better waste collection, for example, enabled via Wi-Fi or, or IoT devices onto the five G network. So, I see a lot of growth in that space. You know, it, on on a municipal level, owned by the municipality, owning their own fiber, building their own private networks, and so more more momentum in that space.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I th- I think that what will probably happen is to maybe the Industry outsider, you might see press on, you know, Wall Street Journal or, or you know, whatever media outlet you follow this year. That you may see some reorganizations in in the big, you know, blue chip telecom companies that may make it look like there's lots of people losing their jobs, and there, there probably will be. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, and I've I've actually heard rumblings of you know, some some reorganization, some layoffs in the Verizon's, at ts T-Mobiles of the world. I, I won't be surprised to see that. And I, I think there's some indicators that that's already in the works. But I don't think that that's indicative of the wireless telecom market as a whole. And we talked about this a little bit on, as being a guest on another another podcast recently, that you'll just see a lot of those people change jobs and not go unemployed. So I do think we might sort of perceive a leveling off of spending in the industry this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think we're going to experience a true recession, even if the macro economy itself is in a recession. Uh, so I think it'll stay, it'll stay bullish on, on wireless telecom this year. Are you thinking the same?
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Even though the inflation numbers were down just, you know, this week in the report, I definitely, I don't think it'll have an impact. I think we'll go full, full bore ahead you know, and it will be pretty robust year for the infrastructure side of it and across the whole, you know, the whole industry itself. Interesting thing you brought up. And yeah, this is, this is something that I think is always notable. And it's a good tech. I read this little piece that I'm going to read and I'll tell you who it's by. I think I need to give the guy credit, but it's very interesting. When we talk about, you know, technology, we talk about human capital and there's been a lot of talk, will the technology get rid of jobs. And he, he puts it pretty nice in the way he describes it. So the answer is no. And he uses a term called up-level, upleveling human capital. So it's a really distinct piece because I want people to be to know that what we're talking about, this technology is going to be better for most employment and not replace. And it says, here's a statement, if I can read it real quick. While low-code, no-code tools will make it easier and faster to adopt digital technologies in traditional business processes, people won't be replaced by the technology anytime soon. While technology will reduce today's mundane and repetitive tasks, people still need to create and maintain these automated tools. Technology is up-leveling rather than replacing human capital in its role in creating value for the economy. And I think it's super critical. You know, we've heard a lot about AI and automation. 5G, bringing more things, all it's doing is up leveling the human capital and giving more opportunities to do different jobs, as you're saying, right? We may not be doing the mundane tasks like we were because they're automated, but creating automation and tools into the future will be a big thing in 2023. And that's like super exciting for me. i love to hear, love to hear that.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and who was the author on that, to give him credit?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It was Richard Yu, the chief product officer at Formstack.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, I think you're right. And and we've talked a lot about that. I mean, and you've got a business in active oversight that's a digital transformation business that's doing exactly that. So you're not, you're not just speculating when you say that. I mean, you've you've got another company that does just that, and you leverage that in in vertex. So I think that's that's a that's right on. Let's talk a little bit about some of the let's dive a little bit more into some of the things you talked about, like fiber in the ground, private networks like at a because I agree, I think we're gonna start seeing private like CBRS networks popping up a little bit more in education, community broadband. Let's talk a little bit more about that and 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 a little more specifically around all of these billions of federal dollars that are going to start hitting the street this year from, you know, uh, rural opportunity funds from the bead money from the, from that, I think we're at what 64 billion that was approved to, to, to spend on these. What's your, what's your gut tell you? Are we going to start seeing those dollars hit the economy for wireless telecom this year?
0: Yeah. Uh, wireless telecoms is a tough word. Telecom in general. and, Broadband, yes, I think you will. I've started to see a few different uh, requests for proposals from different states in updating some of their infrastructure using those broadband dollars, and really some of their underserved areas. But and back to your point, you know that's where Starlink also engages into those rural areas and bringing that satellite you know connectivity. So yes, I think we'll start to see some of the capital, start to move into the economy, which will create projects. I don't know necessarily, I think any new endeavor, government-backed or private-backed, it takes a little bit to get momentum. So we'll probably see it start to trickle in in early 2023 and by the end of the year, start to gain momentum for a really powerful 2024.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think that we'll see the first fragments of that spending on the entitlement side right getting access to easements permitting that type of activity it's more on the professional service uh, services side this year and i i don't think we'll see a ton of construction this year we won't see a lot of dirt being moved around but 24 i i think and and, and this actually 24 i think we'll definitely see a lot of that construction and this actually feeds one of my my flyer predictions which I wouldn't go out and bet on it i wouldn't go out and buy stock based on it but i won't be surprised if by this time next year we're not seeing supply chain shortages in the construction space for like heavy equipment because not only do we have all of this work being done in telecom but it's all that infrastructure money is also going to have the same impact in other utility spaces water gas road construction you know, was a trillion dollars of infrastructure money um, that was approved, wasn't it? So, or somewhere in that magnitude. So we're going to be competing with other construction for backhoes, dozers, trenchers. I wouldn't be surprised to see a second supply chain hiccup as the result of that that demand going up for all of that stuff.
0: Hey, 100% agree. Uh, I was talking to one of our sales guys today and he was telling me that some of the request, you know, for uh, directional boring, you you know, trenching and that kind of work is all related to power in the grid. Uh, We, you know, as a society, we put a lot of emphasis and you and I talk a lot about technology and when it comes to wireless and telecom, and we haven't done a lot of infrastructure spending when it comes to the U.S. power grid. And as we, as we want to tap technologies like 5G for, uh, you know, autonomous cars, you got to have power out there. And, you know, for all those EVs and the, they need to be charged at home and the power grids, were are still way outdated. So sometimes it's a cart before the horse. Yeah, I got this cool new EV that needs to be charged at home, but my house won't take a 220 amp, 50 amp circuit, right? So I think you'll see a lot of the infrastructure dollars, increasing the power grid, doing more power, renewable energy type projects, to bring all the technology up in one perfect cone at one certain time. Cause you know, you can't deliver, there's only so much in the grid today. In order to deploy, you know, 5G or macro cell size, you still gotta have transformer power out there. You gotta, have, you know, and those are 600 amp, which is about three times the average household. At each location, and so power grid projects are just as important as we say technology and and uh, inf- uh, wireless infrastructure projects
1: yeah you're right and and if we want to bring that full circle back to what we tend to focus on, which is telecom and wireless, I'm already seeing that type of initiative impact wireless and telecom i'm seeing I've got clients who are looking at more projects around things like wireless-enabled perimeter security for a substation. Or imagine that charging station in the middle of Iowa. It's got to be connected, right? You got to pay for your service, right, to get you, to get your charge. So it's got to have fiber or it's got to have wireless enabling it to be connected. This grid is a smart grid now. It's not a dumb grid. And so it does come full circle back to the world we live in.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that that's sometimes overlooked. Power is an integral part of telecom, no matter where you're at. Now there are alternate sources and I think we're doing better as a, as an industry to incorporate green technologies into the builds, but make no mistake. It's run, it's run by electricity and, you know, and those, and those grids and some of these big metros, you know, you, you see it's, it's interesting electrical grid problem like what happened in texas that has to be addressed right you I mean you know california is another state that needs to spend billions of dollars on this on its electrical infrastructure not just the wireless infrastructure so pretty exciting we'll start to see more movement in that and do, do you do you think our industry will have, will consolidate with those type of vendors you know what i mean like that most vendors will not only be telecom providers and build telecom infrastructure, but they'll also have a, a pretty large segment doing power and utility
1: well from the from the standpoint of the companies that are maybe behind the scenes, that might be a brand that the normal you know consumer may not have heard of that are doing the construction that are doing the implementation of these networks absolutely I mean that consolidation's actually been going on for twenty years, you know some of the biggest construction companies in wireless telecom are companies like Black and Veatch. And they didn't used to be. They used to just build power plants. And they got into telecom back in the 90s when we had that first boom of construction. And you're starting to see more of those big companies that are traditionally just building highways add telecom divisions. So I, I think you're right. Could be opportunistic for some of the Industry companies that have been niche to just our industry from a consolidation standpoint. But that, you know, what that speaks to is a problem we've had for a long time in our industry, which is workforce development. I can tell you, my old company, the way we grew staff primarily wasn't by creating new jobs, it was by acquiring other companies. So that's not a net addition of workforce, right? That's just moving to Shell game. And so that's the only issue with that consolidation you're talking about is it doesn't necessarily put a dent in the need for new workers in our industry. So I don't know what this year is going to hold, but I'm hoping it holds some new initiatives around workforce development.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I, I have one that I think, uh, you know, that I'll throw out there. We're going to start to see artificial intelligence start to play into how the telecoms operate and operations work. Not only from an infrastructure side, but from a technology, and I do think 2023 will be a big year for that. It's already happening with ChatGPT. You know that that startup is kind of exciting. I mean, it's Google's big competitor, but wow! I think we'll finally start to see some of those applications start to solve some of the problems or you know challenges that are in the industry.
1: So you know, I'm a I'm a radio frequency engineer by degree, and that's how I started in this industry. So I'm a I'm a nerd when it- Get down to if you haven't already figured that out. And um, do you know that lit, light forms of AI have actually been in our industry for probably 10, 15 years, maybe longer?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like machine learning algorithms, the first stepping stones of AI.
1: Yep. So when I first started working in 1994 one of my first jobs working on a cellular network for centel Cellular, was I had to plan out which frequencies every antenna at each cell site was allocated and you had to do this frequency plan. It was a big puzzle because you only had so many to choose from and you had to reuse them. And I did that with a big giant paper map on a light table and it was just an iterative puzzle. It's like a giant Sudoku you know, puzzle, right? Yeah, cool. 15 years ago, the tools we used to design these networks adopted AI where that that problem of frequency planning got automated. Yeah by a computer that was going through all those iterations and picking out those channels and making that happen. And optimization of these networks for a long time now have been using similar type algorithms. But to your point, our industry has been set up for AI to help it for a long time. We have antennas on these towers that can can down tilt to try to change how much they cover to like get rid of traffic or gain more traffic by sh- making the site larger or smaller effectively. We've had electrical down tilt antennas for what, twenty years in this industry. Yeah. We've had controllers that have been waiting for AI so that dynamically throughout the day as traffic's moving in the network, those tilts could happen automatically. We're finally at the point we might start seeing AI enable that capability that we've we've had for years. So I, that that would be cool. I'd love to see that. I haven't heard anything about some of that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well I know there are thinking ai for energy usage
0: right looking at a, the full energy consumption of a site having ai decide when the peak in the valleys to make it more efficient and cost effective to run the sites so i don't know this is this one of the things i've been really stuck on the i, I stuck is not a right word i'm in truly amazed by the chat gpt app I, I won't lie and to give them credit i don't know who they are or anything, but. It's super efficient and it's really fun technology to play out. So if you're out there and you're listening, you haven't tried it, go download it and experience, you know, AI for yourself. Ask it a question that you would not think it would know. And it's pretty amazing. Now, I did try to get it to pick my brackets for Super Bowl and <laughs> it did not do that. It said there's too many unpredictable in that. But it's pretty cool though. And I think it will be a 2023. We'll start to read more and more about how it's impacting our lives and telecom and infrastructure.
1: You know, we're going to, you you gave me an idea. We'll we'll do an episode this year. We'll get an AI expert. That's also like an IBM or Microsoft. You know, we've had some of those folks as guests in the past to see we can address AI and, and telecom and what they see coming down the pike. That's a good one. So well, I think I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great year as it always is. This is a fun industry to be in. We're super fortunate to to have worked this whole industry my whole life. I think we're probably scratching the surface with our predictions and definitely wrong, but hopefully directionally right. right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we're, we, we are, you know,
0: we are an industry and I say we are an industry because you and I both live in it. It's provided great opportunities for us and everyone we've been involved with, actually. I do think 2023 will be another good year for us and we'll start. Hopefully one last thing. I definitely want to see innovators that can utilize the 5G technology. I'm hoping to see some of those that, you know, that we really go have an aha moment in 2023 to say, holy crap, they just built that and it works on that kind of a network. So I'm I'm hoping to see that in 2023.
1: Yeah. Some really, those, those 5G use cases, I agree. And I think. I think you will, but again, they might not be so obvious unless we dig them up and tell stories about them. So that'll, that'll be a goal for our podcast this year as well. Yeah. Perfect. All right, man. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Everybody as always find us at 5gguys.com reach out. If you have ideas for episodes for 2023, throw them out there. We did, I think three episodes this last year that were listener inspired. So, uh, let's make that 10 this year. It'd be love, love to, to get those ideas. So Wayne, thanks for, uh, being my partner again. And uh, until next time, we'll see you.
0: Yep. Here's to a great 2023. Take care. Thanks for listening to the 5G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at 5GGuys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family.